0: Hello, beloved children of God. I'm Grace Seaman, and you're listening to Catholic in College, a podcast to encourage college students that we're not alone in practicing our faith, even in the midst of a secular college culture. Today, the lovely Miss Annie Timmerman is joining me one last time, and for the series finale, we're going to be reviewing our college experience. Annie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. In my head, I just thought of the quote from uh, The Princess Diaries, part two. Are you familiar? with the just say it and i'll figure oh it. no just i was asking you if you'd seen the movie maybe i think so
1: what grace yeah i feel like we've had this conversation and then you've been like we're gonna watch it so i think that
0: you're the reason why i've seen it okay there's the scene where it's the it's the ending scene it's the coronation and um they're talking about the queen okay the queen's coming down and her code name is eagle and charlotte is saying, the eagle is flying for the very last time. <laughs> and that's how I feel introducing you. <laughs> eagle is flying for the last time. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there you go. I yeah. thought it would be fitting. So I just wanted to start out talking about the school part of college. I feel like college is so much more than the classes. Absolutely. And I didn't I didn't know that going into it, but listen to my first episode for that story (laughs) um yeah but in terms of classes did you have a favorite or least favorite or both class experience
1: through strictly unl or any college class that i took any college class i would say my class with father rolling was hands down the best class that i ever took i told that to someone and they're like really and i was like yeah it was the best taught um best people in the class and the most important and relevant content and they're like yeah and i was like so how could it not be like it was just so good <laughs> you know which one did you take with him
0: uh ethics ethics uh like you want the the class number no i was just curious if it was his ethics or philosophy or it was okay
1: this is horrible i loved every single second and I'm pretty sure like, the, the overarching topic was ethics. Okay, and then we talked a lot about philosophy in it. Yeah, but
0: the actual class title, like what we learned, mm-hmm. I I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> um, so what was it about that class that makes it? Did you you may have already answered that? <laughs> it was. It started out talking about how everyone desires happiness,
1: mm-hmm. um, and how even when people make bad decisions, um, like let's say someone's stealing, mm-hmm. they're still seeking a good and seeking happiness. Yeah. Um. They're just seeking. I think that lesson. was the title of the class, Seeking Happiness. That might have been it. That might have been it. Because <laughs> I remember seeing it on the posters. So yeah. leave there it to go. you to know what I did and me not to. <laughs> yeah. It was phenomenal. Learned mm-hmm. so much about like really what it means to be a person. Mm-hmm. Made some incredible relationships. That was the fall semester this year. Yeah. And last Friday, we that class got together for lunch and just hung out. Like, we made such good relationships. and That's friendships, so and
0: You don't often get that from classes. At least I didn't really find that at UNL, that community out of the class. I remember a lot of times it was like, okay, I'm like 10 minutes early to class, typical me. So I'm like scrolling on my phone and don't really talk to the people around me. We all just go our separate ways.
1: Mm-hmm. So it felt worked. like that was a lot of
0: when you get early, get to class early. A lot of people are on their phones,
1: mm-hmm. and it's not very conducive to. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. I think I made more relationships when I got into the College of Education and saw the people more. Yeah, um, but I feel like those friendships, for the most part, never got past like. We're in this class together, we're talking about this class. Um, we can commiserate over things that are hard, but yeah, like actual deep friendships. but that class with Father Rowling, whatever it was I took, that was
0: that was top tier. Mm. Yeah, I I would agree with that experience because I don't know this past semester I did like my college's Capstone internship and I actually got along really well with all the people. I just don't think that they were conducive to forming those lasting friendships in the same way that classes at the Newman Center, where you have the same uh, beliefs and direction in life, you
1: know? Yeah, it's harder to go go deep with someone when you have mostly surface-level interactions mm-hmm. and when the class is conducive to surface-level interactions. You know, when you're in yeah. Newman classes, like, you're not talking about surface-level things. you you're going deep
0: it's easier to to then have those conversations and build those relationships Mm. do you have uh so okay first of all again my favorite class was not one that i took at unl it would probably be logan berta's catholic literature class that we took was that second semester freshman year yeah okay yeah that sounds right um i i I loved that classroom setting and just coming in and knowing that I didn't have to prove myself for a grade mm-hmm. and I just got to soak up all this good information and take it with my friends. That was really good. And he's so
1: passionate about it. That makes a huge he difference. Is, it's crazy to have professors who dedicated their life to a topic
0: and they seem so bored with what they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, come on, buddy.
0: Yeah. No, Logan... Logan was so good, and I don't know, I just remember when <laughs> he would yell about topics, but not in an angry way, in a loving way, <laughs> and when we had our classes, like, in Rosary Hall, and he would specifically yell so that he could hear it echo into the atrium when the door yes. was open. That was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I remember thinking, I wish that I could major in these classes. Mm-hmm. It's contagious. It is. Do you ever feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have gone to UNL and studied this. Maybe I should have gone somewhere else or not even gone to college.
1: No. Really? really? Why not? Um, I feel like I've had a very clear desire to be a teacher for a very long time. Um, mm. The first time I remember very specifically saying, yeah, I'm pretty set on teaching was in second grade, which most people oh don't have gosh. that luxury going into college. Yeah. Um, I've never really considered anything else. I've always known that I wanted to do something with art and have that a part of my life. Um, But I don't feel like I need to get a specific education for the art that I'm doing. The only time in my life where I've been like, I'm not sure what the next educational step is, is now. Because I'm Mm. interested in getting a master's and pursuing further education. I'm just not entirely certain what. Mm. Um, So... Be, to be a teacher, you got to go to college, right? And get certified. Mm. Um, UNL has a pretty well known education college. Um, knowing more and more about what it takes to be a good teacher and to have a good classroom, there's a lot of things that I wish the education college at UNL changed and looked different. Um, but I don't regret
0: going to UNL. A big part of that is because of the Newman Center, though. Right. I also wouldn't say that I regret coming here, but I do have the occasional thought that, oh, if I had gone somewhere else or studied something else, like when I was originally considering going to Hillsdale and studying Mm -hmm. English and just how different their program is at the university than what I studied at UNL, like broadcast journalism. Um, but I can my my path to that and to UNL makes sense. Like I had a passion for visual storytelling and I see how I could go on to use that um even just in like freelance work. But yeah, I I think my desires for my life are, since I've been in college and since other things have happened, which we'll get to later, I think my desires have grown beyond this is the career that I want.
1: Yeah, and I think that you have to also take into account where you were as a senior in high
0: school. True. Was UNL the next best step for you? Yeah, I think so, and I am... I am very grateful that I came here. That's why I think like, oh, if I had gone to Hillsdale, I wouldn't have met all these amazing people and had these good experiences. So Mm -hmm. working on being grateful that I did come here and realizing and trusting that God had me exactly where I was supposed to be. Yeah. He's so much better at planning things (laughs) than I give him credit for. He's He's a good one. Yeah. How do you think you've grown throughout the past four years? That's such a heavy question. Oh my
1: goodness. Mm -hmm. When I think about who I was as a senior in uh, high school and who I am now, there are a lot of similarities, but oh my goodness, I'm not the same person. I was just talking with someone today, and they said, if you were to have me guess which of my friend's would be student teaching in Italy and going to Belize. I would not have pegged that as you, and I was like, me neither. I am, I am an introvert. I am a homebody. I like my routine and consistency. I like my very tiny comfort zone, and it doesn't extend across an ocean. But
0: here we are. Yeah, I was so surprised when you told me like, or yeah, maybe you could just explain what you did for the past eight weeks. Yeah,
1: um, so March, uh, mid-March, March 11th, I went to Italy, and I student taught in two of their schools there. I did taught their English classes, which is part of their general education curriculum. It's not like a special curricular, extracurricular activity, um, and just lived in Italy. And
0: then I came back uh, exactly one week ago. So I was very surprised when you told me like oh yeah this is the first time I mean okay maybe not surprised but it just hit me like why would you ever do this because you told me (laughs) yeah this is the first time I'm going out of the country the first time I'm traveling by myself like the what second time you'd been on a plane second time you'd been on a plane and like traveling by yourself I'm just that's amazing and crazy. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something I'd want to do.
1: And on paper, it still doesn't sound like something I'd want to do. Like, uh, I will take a, a nice book and a slow afternoon over that adventure any day of the week. But here we are. Yeah. Um, so that's a big way that I've changed of being. Um, I think one of the reasons why that was so unappealing to me when I was in high school is I didn't like change, and I didn't like the unknown. Mm -hmm. I still don't. I'm not comfortable with being uncomfortable, but (laughs) I am okay with it. Yeah, I think if you're comfortable in the uncomfortable situations, then it's no longer uncomfortable. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I think it's more important to be able to be okay in them and to be able to lean into them. Um, I'm so much more capable of saying, you know what, I can figure this out, and coming to a point where I'm like, I need help, and I know how to ask for that. So if you're trying to take the metro in Rome and you can't speak Italian, you can stand in a corner and watch people and see if you can figure it out, which is kind of my step one, or you can ask someone for help and just cross your finger something and speak English. And there's also the need to be okay with coming off as stupid as um naive unexperienced foolish whatever and being okay and who you are enough Mm -hmm. that someone else's opinion of you being stupid doesn't really like knock you down a peg like it's okay yeah I am a little foolish yeah I did try to go through the metro the wrong direction the first time because of where the train got off like yeah I messed up a lot Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm okay with that is, man, senior in high school, Annie had a lot to learn to get Mm -hmm. to this point.
0: I remember back in freshman year, even freshman year of college, when you were like living in the dorms and going to classes, we didn't see each other super often, but I don't know. I didn't see you around Newman as much and I wasn't really involved with Newman either my freshman year I just remember like second semester when I joined a bible study and I was like meeting all those people and I was like man I wish Annie would come here more um and just remembering like how you were content to be (laughs) with like with Caitlin who you've gone to school with since Forever. forever and which is not a bad thing but just like look at how far you've branched out since then. Yeah. You are the bell of the ball. Bell, oh my gosh. <laughs> around the Newman Center, the social butterfly. <laughs> Just like, yeah, I. That's definitely a change that I've seen in you.
1: I think that um, even compared to high school and college, even though you're correct, I was quite introverted and loved being in my dorm with my fellow introverted roommate um i randomly signed up to go to koinonia on a whim and Mm -hmm. said yes to joining a bible study there are a couple of random things that i was just like yeah i'll try this and then in retrospect i was like why did i say yes to that don't don't you remember that you don't like human interaction (laughs) like what are you doing and then and then going on them and being like whoa wow that was actually kind of good i I'm realizing that I have a desire for this more so than I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is 100% God's grace working because there's no way that I would have just been like, yeah, spend a weekend with people I don't know. Sounds like a party. Now answer the question. How do you think (laughs) I've grown? I mean, there's a lot of different ways. There's the classic story that I've told you before. That. Yeah,
0: I want you to share that with yeah. our listeners because I think it's so funny. <laughs> I just remember very vividly our freshman year, first
1: semester, halfway through, considering signing up for classes second semester, and I ran into you on campus and you were crying very hard with your sister Rose. And my immediate response was that your grandpa died. Like in my head, that was just the most logical conclusion, explanation. And She was comforting you and I was, I was debating whether or not I should say something like, do you want space? Do you, do you want another friend with you? Um, But I decided that I just wanted to make sure that I knew what was going on and that you were okay. So I came up and I asked Rose like, what, what is going on? Is she okay? And Rose said, yeah, her second semester junior year plan got off by one class, and you had planned out every class you're gonna take for four years, and one class changed, and it threw everything off, and you were so upset about that. And I remember at the time being like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> like at that time, I was like, "I have not planned for next semester, like let alone junior year." Um, so just looking at uh the way that you have always wanted to control and to plan and to get everything figured out. You still do love planning things, and I'm sure you've talked about this before. Control is always a challenging thing to completely surrender. Yeah. But looking at where you are now, you've let go so much of that, so much of that, which part of it has been just maturing and being a more balanced person and part of it has been learning how to surrender and trust the Lord where he's leading you Mm -hmm. um and it's honestly been so humbling and edifying to see as a friend it's like you know when it's springtime and that flower is blooming and it was beautiful to start but when it's in full bloom it's just gorgeous and you were there the whole time watching it bloom and watching watching the wind come by and watching the sun strengthen it and the water and there'll be droughts and there'll be storms and all of it and it's so good and so beautiful and I'm just sitting there looking at how gorgeous it is
0: (laughs) can I ask who like what's your role in this flower situation are you just like are you a person just staring at this flower for ages are you a bee are you another flower what's your that's a good question I
1: I just (laughs) envision myself being another person seeing God working in your life mm, the, yeah. through the storm and the sun and the hardships kind of tearing at you, but you being stronger than them. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, moral support, like go flower, go. <laughs> I think a big part of that was all of the change that I had to learn how to cope with and realize like, wow, I, I am not big enough. I am not strong enough to do this. And yeah, some of those things were like COVID happening our second semester of freshman year. Other things are like breakups or class schedules that got off. <laughs> LOL. Yeah, and my dating fast was a big practice of trust in what God was going to provide because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know at the beginning of it what was going to happen at the end of it. So, yeah, I think that's part of it. There's also things that, like, I, if you asked me in high school or when I was younger, like, would you, would you ever do this? I'd be like, heck no. What do you mean by this? Um, like, going to, I don't know, I think all the traveling. Mm. Like, when I was younger, I was like, well, maybe when I was really young, I wanted to travel. And then I hit a point where I was like, no, I don't want to go anywhere with anything that I'm not familiar with and then like especially in college I was like I don't want to study abroad like that was something specific I thought about like for college I was like I don't want to be here more than I have to I don't want to study abroad I don't want to do all this extra crap I just want to like get through the classes um and I didn't study abroad but I did go on a lot of trips like Montana and I also went to Italy but not for as long (laughs) as you did um I'm trying to think if I did anything else. Those are big ones where it's like, okay, traveling without my family and doing all these crazy things, like jumping off a bridge into water, into a river. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would never have guessed that was going to happen. What are some of the involvement
1: pieces in college that you've done that you are would would have surprised you in high school?
0: I mean, I haven't really gotten involved with university stuff aside from this past semester, but that was kind of required. And by that, you mean yacht? Yes, the internship called yacht, spelled, spelled. with a J at the beginning. Jacked. Spelled <laughs> jacked. <laughs> um, stuff that I was involved in that I kind of like cut down on by senior year because that's just how I am. Um. Bible study leading a Bible study and um like being in discipleship group Newman, Newman board. board front desk oh yeah working the front desk yeah um doing a podcast didn't foresee that where that was that was not the dream but it's the reality <laughs> <laughs> um yeah some of that stuff hmm So, okay, what about, we touched a little bit on it, but what about your spiritual journey through college? How do you think, were there any images you had of God that have been changed or any growth in that area? Oh my goodness. It's been a journey. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm thinking of myself freshman year, first going to a Bible study to where I'm at now. And that's a huge leap. I think COVID, I mean, COVID touched so many parts of so many people's lives. And when it first was a, we don't know what's going on. There was a lot of, how much do you actually trust the Lord? Um, During that time, there was a lot of struggles. My uncle died from COVID. uh, And like two weeks later, another one of my uncles died, not from COVID. Um, And we were just kind of stuck in our house at that point. I just remember being like, what is going on? There, our friend Riker passed away as well. I think um, Officer Herrera died, my neighbor died. Like This was like five or six people all within the span of a year who, mm-hmm. it just felt so so much like the, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. Um, and really tested my trust in the Lord and in the fact that there there is a heaven, there is something better than what this world has to offer. And that piece has been really big throughout the past four years, that I desire something greater than what the world has to offer. Mm. And I should not be seeking heaven on this earth, nor should I try to make it heaven on earth. Of, I would love this perfect school system, this perfect society. I would love um, to spend a ton of time painting and live in fields of golden wheat and it be perfectly sunset all the time and eating dinner with all my friends. And the more I talk about the perfect moment that I'd love to last forever, the more I'm like, if I strive for that, I would be striving to make heaven on earth. And that's not where it is. So what does that mean for me? What do I need to do on this earth to get to heaven? Um, Another big, big um, theme over the past four years has been Being in the desert with the Lord, which for part of the time has been, uh, prayer is kind of dry and not fun. And part of the time it's been, um, like at a, is it an oasis, like the water? Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, and kind of the idea of being on a journey and like the Israelites after leaving Egypt, um, and some of the time in the desert, I'm sure, really sucked. And <laughs> some of the time we know for sure did. Some I can imagine how joyous that morning when manna came from heaven the first time was. I'm sure that was a an absolutely wonderful day. <laughs> and they had quail. And the, I'm sure they were <laughs> feasting. Like That must have been fantastic. And I'm sure there were some mornings where the sunrise was absolutely breathtaking. Um, I'm sure there were some times when their prayer was great and not great and the idea of being in the desert both in the dry times but also in the times where where I'm by the oasis and watching the sunsets with the Lord that has been also a a bit of a theme
0: Mm -hmm. yeah in terms of my spiritual growth throughout the past four years I think it was it was good to hear what you told me earlier about what Father McCabe said in his homily, Mm -hmm. because he went and visited your St. Joe's class where you student taught the first part of the semester. Mm -hmm. Would you share what he said?
1: Yeah, he was talking uh, specifically to the younger elementary students, and he said that it bothers him when he hears uh, specifically cradle Catholics say at some point in their life, I've finally found a relationship with God. And his point was, when you're in second grade, do you not have a relationship with your parents you don't all of a sudden when you're 25 say, aha, now, now I have a relationship with my dad. Mm. Um, you have one when you're in second grade. But when you're in second grade, all your dad wants you to be is a second grader. Yeah. And the same like for the Lord, all he wants you to be when you're in second grade is a second grader. Um and that doesn't look like having the same relationship as a 25 year old does and that doesn't make the second grade relationship bad at all and Mm -mm. he said something along the lines of if you like discount the relationship that a, a small child has with the lord um then it's a direct insult to his love and goodness and how he works in the lives of those second graders and Actually, it made me reflect on my sister Celia receiving her first communion. I called her and I asked her how it was. And at some point I asked her um, her favorite part or like the best gift or something that I thought she was going to say. This beautiful rosary. She was like receiving him. It Well, she said it in like a fake macho man voice. Yeah. Receiving him. <laughs> And then said nothing else. And I was like, that's so true. Like, that's so true. Yeah. Um. In my head, I was expecting her to have more of like a materialistic answer. And the fact that she just so passionate, I was like the Eucharist, drop the mic. That's it. Nothing else. I'm like, yeah. Having a second grade relationship with the Lord when you're in second grade, that's all you need.
0: But it's also like a very good and beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that puts... That is how I would frame like my spiritual growth over the past four years and for my entire life is that I've always had a relationship with the Lord. It's just been an ever deepening relationship with him. I remember there was a time when I was like hearing other people's testimonies. I was like, well, I don't have a great conversion story. I don't even have a great reversion story. Like, oh, I grew up Catholic, but then I fell away and then I came back and, you know, I don't have that but that is good I have my own story of falling deeper and deeper in love with him and while that sounds very romantic the reality of it is like any relationship where like you learn all the good things about this person and it's super exciting and fun at first and even throughout the relationship, there's, like, you have really fun and romantic times, or you just have, like, day-to-day. The day-to-day, like, I love you, and we're, like, going to classes and grocery shopping, and that's all we got going today, you know? Yeah. Um. Or even fighting and disagreeing about things, and that's really difficult. So... Jesus, I've had beautiful times of consolation. My whole dating fast, while it was very difficult and I didn't realize it at the time, was so good for feeling like I was close to the Lord. I was praying with all this imagery of um, the gardener and I got roses all the time. (laughs) It was very much like living in the garden, like a little mini glimpse of heaven or back to the beginning. In the garden, in that union. Um, since then, I have also felt that desert life, um, and I had to grapple with that. It was like I don't, I don't understand why I'm in the desert. Like my heart feels so dry, and like all this, there's all these difficult things happening like, Jesus, where'd you go? Mm-hmm. And I realized when well, we d- went down to Kansas City to go to, like, the Byzantine, the divine liturgy down there, which is still, like, kosher with Catholics, um, so we didn't go to anything, you know, nothing weird or, <laughs> like, we're fine. Um, oh, but it was really so cool to see the kind of Eastern spirituality and how much they emphasize um, and how much they remember the desert that the Israelites wandered in. And hearing it in that way and remembering Jesus was in the desert before his ministry, like he was preparing. Like maybe I am in the desert, but that doesn't mean he's abandoned me. He's with me in the wilderness. Um. So, yeah, that's one way that I've grown is just closer and closer to him without all the warm and fuzzy feelings accompanying me all the time yeah it's a hard but good place to be yeah um okay let's talk about just this last year Mm. senior year (laughs) yikes um what are some challenges and or blessings from the year
1: this last semester is just very fresh in my mind. Yeah, I'm not even entirely certain what happened in the fall semester. <laughs> Father rollings class, that's all, I, that's all I showed up to. Um, but this last semester for teachers, you spend student teaching so very much in the schools. All day, every day with the students, you end up taking over the classroom teacher's job, more or less. With all the lesson planning, I did uh, parent-teacher conferences. I went to IEP meetings, which is meetings where you... Um, talk with the school specialists and a child's parents for getting a specific plan for a learning disorder or all of, yeah. Just, yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, okay. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing all of that, and it's not very conducive to being a college student. You're not on campus a lot. You're not seeing the people a lot. So a good thing about that was, like, that's the career that I want. Yeah, I got a taste of what I want to do. A hard thing about that is I was still a college student, and all of my friends were, and it was kind of like I was moving on a little bit before everyone else, Um, not being able to hang around the Newman Center as much, or the masses weren't quite as easily built into my day. Um, Going to Italy, my goodness, of course, that's going to have its own set of unique um, blessings and challenges. I think one of the challenges that I wasn't fully prepared for was how isolated I was going to feel specifically in my faith. Um, there's not really a Catholic community that I really found. Um, the Catholic faith has a lot of struggles in Italy. There's Everyone's culturally Catholic by name, like baptized, um, but the degree to which they're practicing isn't like it is in Lincoln. Um, So that was just, that was hard. It, especially Holy Week, I mean, like the holiest week of the year. Good Friday was the hardest liturgy I've been to in my life. I had seen all these absolutely breathtaking cathedrals and basilicas and churches. And I was with a family of fallen away Catholics who weren't going to go to the liturgy, but who found me a church. And the one church they found me was the one modern church I've ever been to in Italy. It was completely circular, and um, there were almost no pictures or statues. There was a um, an icon of the transfiguration behind the altar where you'd expect a crucifix to be. The altar was completely cylindrical. Um, I didn't have time to change into anything fancier beforehand, and they got the time wrong, so I was late. So I just felt like I was being a bad Catholic, mm. um, which is just judgmental. Um, And the music was, they'd strum the guitar on the refrain of the song and then stop and just recite the verses into the microphone (laughs) during the music. Yeah, it was very distracting. Um, And at one point after communion, the priest accidentally dropped all the consecrated hosts off the altar and they just rolled down the steps and under some of the pews and I mean, I just felt so exhausted from the day because I had been traveling and I felt like so alone um, because everyone I was with had left me because they weren't going to go to the liturgy. Um, I was later telling my mom about this and she's like, wow, that's such a beautiful way to spend Good Friday. Like feeling alone with the Lord who also felt alone. Like, Thank you, mom. <laughs> um, so there was definitely the loneliness like no one celebrates mass quite like the Lincoln Diocese as far as i've seen. you know it yeah um and it was clear that a lot of people felt that their faith was an obligation and not a relationship mm-hmm. and it's really hard to strive for the relationship when you're around people who aren't mm-hmm. um some of the huge blessings, of course, is like walking on the land that St. Francis walked on, and yeah. visiting St. Augustine's tomb, uh, and St. Peter's, and just like praying with the remains of St. Paul. I just, it's Catherine of Siena. I just, I have no words. What, what on <laughs> earth? Like, what on earth? Yeah, it just, it floored me so many times. Absolutely beautiful. So there were some very incredible moments of prayer as well. um, And moments of consolation. I also felt like just the incredible risk of I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying to do it anyway. Of course, you just turned to Mama Mary (laughs) and be like, please. And then to see how she never failed me once. Like, waiting for a train and not really knowing what train I'm waiting for or how trains work when I first got there (laughs) and being by myself and having no one really to contact if I ended up in a different city. Um, Praying a couple of memoraries and being like, all right, I'm just going to use whatever logic I can scrape together and ask Mary to be with me and being like, I know it's going to be okay, even if it doesn't take me where I want this to take me. But Mary, please let this be okay. Every single time. I got to the place I needed to go. There were like delays, and I thought I wouldn't make the change perfect. Ended up just fine. Um, every time I tried to use the ATM to get more euros, so many times it would not work until I would say a memorari. Like just really, yeah. So so many moments where I just I had to trust, and I there was no other option. It was either give up or trust and try again. Yeah. And just to see how incredibly faithful the Lord is was beautiful. There was one time where I was like, Lord, thank you so much for being so faithful. Actually, thank you to your mother. We both know that. We both know that it's her who's really pulling the (laughs) strings. So you're like, every time I'd ask the Lord to be with me, I'm sure he was. But every time I asked Mary to be with me, she's like, I'm going to get this done. Like, don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) It was so good. I just had so much going on this semester. Mm hmm. Because I was trying to finish up everything for school, um, taking like, and and it wasn't hard. It just, it was a lot, Um, doing my last two film classes. And um, what was the other class that I took? (laughs) Oh, my sewing class. My sewing class is so good. I know how to sew now. Um, Congrats. Doing the capstone internship, yacht jacked thing. <laughs> um, And then I had to... Did I, did I tell you that I don't think I even needed to take the first aid class? You took a first aid class? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So last semester, my advisor emailed me and was like, hey, you're missing one credit for your liberal arts requirement. You need 72 hours. You need literally one credit left. Here's some options for what you can do to fill that she didn't know that i was planning on taking the three credit sewing class mm. so i didn't need to but i registered for a one credit first aid class where basically i just did some online certification stuff and then went to it, went in for two separate sessions of like okay here's you're in person, you're going to learn how to do CPR with the dummy, and that's pretty much it. And then the next class was take the exam. Um, so for our class, we were supposed to meet Monday for the first session, Wednesday for the second session. She canceled the Monday session, hmm. and we found out later is because she couldn't close the blinds in the room, oh and it was going to be, like, super sunny or something— I don't know but she canceled the first one so we we're like okay we'll have the first session on the Wednesday the exam on the following Monday and if you missed or were late to either of these sessions you like you do not pass a class it is a pass or no pass class oh, my goodness. um you automatically do not pass and so for me that meant at the time I thought like if I Do not pass this class. I do not get the credit. I do not graduate this semester. So I showed up on time for the first session just fine. The next week, I completely forgot about the exam. So my alarm was set to go off at eight o'clock, I think. And I woke up at 720 and the exam was at 7:30. No. So I I wake up, I check my phone, and I have a notification from my calendar, like, first aid exam, 7.30, and I shot out of bed. I did not change my clothes. I put a stick of gum in my mouth because I did not have time to brush my teeth, and I sprint to the car, and our roommate was parked behind me. I go inside, I move her car, I take my van, and I zoom down to the campus rec where I'm supposed to take the exam, and I'm like, I may not even make it in at this point, but I have to try. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise I don't graduate. And so, I parked at the closest meter I could find. I am sprinting to the building in my sweatpants, in my uh, messy bun, and <laughs> running up all the stairs to the classroom. And thankfully, the door was open to the classroom. So I walk in, I go to the front and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. About it. And I'm like panting and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. Here's your exam. Here's the instructions. Just go sit down and you're fine. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but it turns out I didn't even need that. Class. I feel like part of that's on her for not knowing how to shut the blinds and kids well, in class. I think she had had some injury where... She I don't really understand. I don't really know <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm at a loss. Um, me too, but that was that was a challenge from the semester <laughs> <laughs> is balancing all of that um, doing a podcast, um seriously dating somebody, so time commitment, yeah, um blessings oh i mean rome rome trip sorry like italy pilgrimage because we weren't just in rome was challenging and a blessing all in one because um they lost my luggage on the way to rome so i didn't have my luggage the entire time i was there Uh, That was stressful, and that kind of threw everything else off because I had packed certain things that I wanted to bring there, and I didn't have those, and also I hadn't exchanged my money yet, and we just like, (sighs) people's flights got in late, so I was in the second group that was supposed to be going up to Assisi the day we got there, and we got there late, so we missed having Mass, at least our group, we didn't get to join them having Mass at the tomb of Blessed Carlo Acutis um which was just like already a bad start to the trip was like man I've already missed out on this experience and didn't have time to change my money didn't my phone wasn't working even though my parents had gotten me a special plan for being abroad so like I'm there I have no clothes I have no money which means I really can't buy food unless I have people with me I can't contact people unless so I just had to be so dependent on the people around me and it was stressing me out and i came to a breaking point thursday of the trip it was like day day five day five of the day trip. five of six um we left on sunday so like day five of seven okay um and i was like sobbing in the hotel room also lack of sleep because we just that's killer that would killer. stay out late for dinner and Get up early to go to stuff in the morning. So I'm just so low at this point, just like very low. And met with Father Sassy, who was on the trip with us. And he was just like, Yeah, this is a lot, but the Father is taking care of you through all of it. Because, like, you didn't have these things and other people provided for you. And he just pointed out, like, even in all of that, He's been taking care of you. I was like, "Wow, you're so right." So that helped, and there were also just like such cool things on the trip. The food I had in Florence—the dinner was so good. It was like this: these giant tortellinis, tortelli, um, stuffed with mashed potatoes, and the sauce tasted like my grandma's sauce. And I was like, "This is amazing!" And the tiramisu was awesome. And then, like, I got to visit the tomb of Claire of Assisi, Mm -hmm. my confirmation saint, and praying there was so good. Um, Yeah, so, and oh gosh, I loved Assisi so much. I wish we had more time there. I want to go back. But yeah, those are some of the things. I was just trying to figure out what the name of my favorite dish
1: that I had in Italy, in case you asked me. I wrote it down. but I What is it? uh, Carbonara. Carbonara? Carbonara. I don't know that
0: i don't really know what what is it is type pasta
1: yeah it's a pasta that has like very thick cut Mm -hmm. meat that's kind of like bacon and cooked so it's very amazing yeah and the the sauce has has an egg base um and you have to do it just right otherwise it scrambles and you're eating pasta and scrambled eggs wow yeah but i i went to it with um, someone who's been living in Italy for about six years and so he knew exactly the right place to go and they made it so well and I just my heart
0: absolutely melted (laughs) I I truly fell in love with Italian cuisine that's awesome I think for the last bit of time that we have we should do like updates for our lives and also like what's next okay mine are kind of the same thing
1: did you want me to go first or
0: you? Mm-hmm. I don't care. What do you want to do? Um Who just talked? I just talked. You go first. Okay.
1: Um, updates. Um, I got back to the United States. That's- <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I don't is there any other update? I mean, really. I was thinking like I have the update. Oh yeah, you have the what's next. So you just you could just say like, what are you doing now okay, after the college? Yeah. What's the plan? Um, this summer I'll be teaching at Saint
1: Teresa's in a kind of ELL position mm-hmm. um, in the mornings, and hopefully just doing a lot of art and being with people in the afternoon. Yeah. And then this uh, in August, I accepted a role as a missionary for SALT, which is Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they do apostolic uh, work around the world where bishops need them in different capacities. And um, I'll be going to Belize as a teacher um, going in August and coming back in June. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's all I know. Yeah. I'm going to miss you so much. I'm going to miss you too. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I don't know. Because you were gone for eight weeks. Now you're going to be gone like eight months or more. Oh, don't say more.
1: <laughs> <gasps> I'll be gone for four months and then I'll come back for three weeks over Christmas.
0: Good. And I-, I reserve three weeks of your time over Christmas? <laughs> yeah, I'm all yours, girl. Just kidding. I Jokes, jokes. I love you and that's going to be so good thank you yeah my turn yeah what's up with you girl so some of you may already know this but if you recall the um our our guest from the end of season four episode nine i think uh when josh and jeremiah came on so i've been dating josh for nine months What? yeah oh shocker reveal <laughs> um i didn't bring it up at the time just because i don't know it would have been really awkward if we broke up so like but we'll always be friends so like i was like this is my friend which is true um but now we'll always be together <laughs> because we are engaged to be wed next summer yeah so yeah the story with that is i really wanted to wait until annie came back from italy to be i wanted him to wait to propose so that annie could be there i really i did want you to be a part of it um and we went ring shopping back in april like we talked to my parents and everything and he got my dad's blessing he went to spiritual direction with father sassy like all the doors are opening all of it's like good to go um and so he basically had had the ring was just sitting on it waiting to pop the question and um yeah The truth is it was just like really torturing him. And I was like, I feel like I have asked him to, like I have so many specifications for how I wanted to propose and I feel like I'm being very controlling and I feel like that's not how it's supposed to be. And I want him to have the freedom to propose to me. I want him to have the freedom to lead in this situation and propose to me whenever wherever he wants um so I I texted you I don't remember that was a couple weeks ago texted you a couple weeks ago just asked like would you be okay celebrating with us when you got back and you sent me a very long message that was very supportive and I felt felt very loved by that and just yeah because I was definitely because you had already missed out on so much being in Italy and that was another sacrifice that you made so I'm I'm grateful um so I texted you and then I told him like Josh you propose to me whenever you want to like I give you the full freedom and we were like sitting on the couch together and he's like okay and I was like I'm really scared that you're about to propose to me right now but that's up to you He's like, I'm not gonna do it right now. Um, So that night, (laughs) this is all the same day. It was so typical him. (laughs) Um, That night, we went on a rosary walk to Saint Teresa's, my home parish, and Saint Therese has been Saint Therese has been my I don't know one of my go to intercessors for my vocation. And so it was just very fitting that we were there and we're praying in front of the Marian altar and, um, we get up to leave or how I think, oh yeah, we're praying for a bit. We finish praying our rosary and he looks at me and he's like, okay, you, you ready? And I was like, Yep. And so I stood up to leave and then he didn't get up and I was like, are you ready? And he was like, mm-hmm. He stood up and then he got down on one knee. And because I have to clarify everything, I asked him, like, are you doing it? Is it happening right now? And he was like, yes. And he just laughed. And then he asked me to marry him. And you said? And I said, yes. Yes. And then we walked over to walk out the door on the St. Joseph side and he's looking around and he's like, there's supposed to be flowers over here for you. And I look at the altar and I'm like, are are those the flowers? So somebody had taken the roses that he hid earlier, put them in a vase and put them on the St. Joseph altar. And he's like, we probably shouldn't take those. And it's like, well, I'm taking one. Um, so I have one of the roses, I, I have many roses that I've just received from Jesus or from Jesus through Josh. I have them hanging up in my closet, drying, so I added this one to that row. But I think it was, I don't think it was an accident that the roses ended up in front of St. Joseph. I think he also wants to intercede for us. Um... So, yeah, I'm getting married next year. I'm I so excited. I'm so excited. Um,
1: So this time next year, where will both of us be? You'll be about to get married and mm-hmm. I'll be finishing up in Belize. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she. so Annie has to get back in time to be my maid of honor. So I will have to come back separately. I know. I will not come back in time. I, I mean, I will what not do you finish mean? in time. Oh. Well, yeah, I know. I wanted it to be after i thought you'd be done in may but other countries want to educate their children for longer for some reason (laughs) so yeah other future plans let me think i'm currently looking for a job pray for that everyone listening and annie who is also listening (laughs) um i will be ending the podcast. If it wasn't clear from the intro, um, the reasoning behind that is just like, we're not in college. We're not going to be in college anymore. And people have asked me like, well, what's what's the next podcast about? I don't know if the next podcast is going to happen. I'm going to take a break and we'll see what the Lord puts on my heart. If I have time and the desire to come back to it, I'll let you know. But other than that, we're just going to trust him. Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Annie, you want to close us in a prayer? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for the gift of these past four years. Thank you for the gift of this friendship we have. Thank you for the gift of your presence in our lives. We ask for the grace to surrender the next years of our lives to you and to trust that you will be just as present in them. Um, I pray for all of those listening, those taking new steps that they might have uh, peace and trust in you and surrender as well and then joy in just living the life that you have given them. Um, For those who are going on to another year of the same old, same old. I ask that you continue to be present in their lives and bring them joy. In your name we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Annie, thank you so much for being my friend and for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having
1: me and for being my friend. It's been a wild ride. I've loved every minute.
0: Thank you to everyone listening for following my Catholic and college journey. While I don't know all that the Lord has in store for me next, I know that I'm never alone in my faith and neither are you. So let's all keep striving to be open, be present, and be loved.